0: Hi everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Sarah. This is Micah and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Tri-Cities, Washington. We're just so grateful that you're here with us today.
1: So yeah, thanks again for being here. So we have big news in the last week. We got a puppy.
0: It's been crazy. It has
1: been (laughs) crazy, yeah. So um, my uncle, he breeds Spanish water dogs, and they had a litter nine weeks ago Mm. now. Now, for eight weeks, the puppy has to stay with mom and drink her milk and begin to grow up. And at eight weeks, they can then begin to adopt Mm. out the puppies. And so for the past eight weeks, we have been waiting for this puppy. It's been especially challenging for our younger daughter, who is so excited to have a puppy now. But you know what waiting is like? It can be really challenging. I don't think many of us are great at the waiting phase. We want that immediate gratification. We want that moment of excitement when we finally receive or accomplish or do something. Waiting can be really challenging. But here we find ourselves in a season of waiting.
0: Today is the first Sunday of Advent. And I don't know how much experience you have with Advent. I didn't grow up in a tradition that practiced Advent. So I've gotten to learn about Advent as an adult. And it's it's just this beautiful, rich tradition um, leading up to Christmas. And so for the four weeks leading up to Christmas, Advent is a season of preparing and waiting expectantly for the coming of Jesus. In fact, the word Advent comes from the Latin word that means Coming, And this coming is both past and present. So Jesus came when he was born 2000 years ago, the word became flesh and walked among us. And also he is coming in the future. At his second coming, Jesus will return.
1: Yeah, so quite often when we talk about Advent, we talk about the past and the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, of course, a third element to the conversation of Advent that we always mention, but this year we, we really want to focus on, and that is the present, mm-hmm. the idea of him coming in this present moment. Now, to have this conversation, we've got to have a little bit of background understanding about the kingdom of God. Um, And we've talked about it quite a bit in the past, but if you're new to this conversation, let's just catch up just a little bit on it. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God was something that Jesus preached about, taught about constantly in his ministry. He said, the kingdom of God is near. He said, the kingdom of God is coming near to you. Over and over again, he spoke about this kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is that place in which God reigns. And um, the kingdom of God is described as God's dwelling in yet coming down to earth. We often speak of the kingdom of God in terms of an inaugurated kingdom, and that means one, uh, an inauguration, you're familiar with that term. It has come, it has begun, but there is fruition that will be found in the future. It is coming to its fullness in the future. And so this kingdom that Jesus spoke of over and over, um, my, my favorite instance was when he was teaching his apostles to pray. And he said, pray in this way. And and my favorite line in there is, as Jesus prays, God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What a rich and beautiful perspective of how this world might operate, uh, of how we might operate. That God, your kingdom values be lived out here on earth, here and now.
0: So we're starting this series, this Advent series, called Come Lord Jesus. And we're going to focus on how we prepare and how we wait expectantly for the coming of Jesus and His kingdom that Micah is talking about. And, And we're going to live into and proclaim this kingdom of God that has come, is coming, And will continue to come. And so our prayer during this season is, Jesus, may your kingdom of hope come. Jesus, may your kingdom of peace come. Jesus, may your kingdom of joy come. And Jesus, may your kingdom of love come.
1: Yeah, so today we're going to focus on this idea of hope. And yes, we found hope when Jesus came to earth. Yes, we find hope in a second coming. But here and now, what does hope look like? And I want to take just a minute to frame the reality of the moment in which we're talking about Mm -hmm. hope. It's one of political unrest and challenge right now in our nation. It's uh, one of global pandemic where we have all been affected by COVID, um, and many people have lost their lives to this pandemic. And so today we find ourselves in a really challenging and unique season to discuss this idea of hope here and now. Yes, it was in the past. Yes, it will be in the future. But here and now, what does it look like to talk about hope? You know, you've probably heard the expression, uh, life is a journey, not a destination. And we find ourselves at a challenging moment in this journey. And it can be easy in those moments to focus on the past or the future, rather than living in to the here and now, the moment in which we find ourselves. I think one of the best examples of that I've experienced in life is when we had uh, children, infants in the home Um, and you're uh, changing diapers and uh, up all night and all of these things. And in those moments, often I'm thinking about, I was thinking about the future when uh, they um, are potty trained and when they are more independent and can play on their own. But I look back on those moments and realize Mm -hmm. the rich beauty in that moment Mm -hmm. of holding a child who was entirely dependent. Upon us. What a beautiful moment in our journey together. So, today we ask in our current circumstances, in the moment we find ourselves, what does it look like to be a people of hope? What does it look like for His kingdom of hope to be coming here and now?
0: And as we talk and have everyday conversation, we use the word hope quite a bit. Um, phrases like, man, I hope it's sunny tomorrow so we can go <laughs> outside. And so the way we often use this word hope, it's more like a wish. It's like, oh, I wish it would happen that way. And we just want to make clear from the very beginning that when the Bible speaks of hope, it's not this wish. It's not this, this, this thing that we're, we're hoping for a, as a wish. Rather, the biblical definition of hope is that it's a confident expectation in God. Because of God, uh, because he is good, because he is faithful, because he is love, it's this confidence that we have that we can expect certain things from God, such as his goodness and his love and his faithfulness. And so hope is a confident expectation in God. Uh, Paul writes in Hebrews 6, and he he speaks of hope. He writes this phrase in Hebrews 6 verse uh, 19. He writes, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And I love this image, an anchor for the soul. The purpose of an anchor is to give stability and security, especially when there's waves or when there's a storm, when things are rough. And our hope is an anchor for our souls. It's not this flimsy or fleeting thing. Rather, it's something secure that we can count on because of who God is.
1: Mm -hmm. So we speak of hope less in terms of something that we hope for, the wish, uh, but more in terms of what we hope in. Like, If hope is a wish, then it's something that we hope for, right? But if hope is a confident expectation, then it is a reality that we're invited to live into. We, we don't pursue hope for hope's sake. I just want to feel better, so I need something to hope for. That's not the conversation today. Instead, we cling to hope found in Jesus. We live into his kingdom that is coming. His will being done here on earth, we lean into and live into that. That is the conversation Mm -hmm. of hope that we're going to have today. Now, hope is a prominent theme throughout the New Testament. And today we're going to look at two passages that speak about hope. And, And they speak, they describe what it looks like to live into this kingdom of hope that is coming into the world.
0: So I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching.
1: Okay, so there's a lot in there. This is Paul writing, and Paul, uh, to his career as kind of a legal official or lawyer in uh, the Pharisees, um amongst the pharisees he uh he writes like a lawyer right he, i mean he has so much to say and he makes very large logical arguments uh, and that's really good um so i want to start with probably the most distracting or irrelevant point that he makes okay. in here yeah uh he says don't give up meeting together and here we find ourselves <laughs> as we talk about hope in a reality in which We weren't able to gather face-to-face today, and that hurts my heart, and I know it does many of yours, and yet there is hope in the here and now, and so today uh, we have gathered in what way we could, so thanks for being here with us today.
0: Absolutely. It is kind of funny reading that. Context matters. (laughs) So Paul here describes hope. And there's a uh, rich Jewish imagery and language from the Old Testament that I want to dive into a little bit. He writes, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Now the most holy place was the, the innermost part of the temple. And that was where the Ark of the Covenant was in the Old Testament. It was called the seat of God. And that was full of the presence of God. And it was such a sacred place to the Jewish people that only the high priests could enter into the most holy place. And that was only one time a year. And there was this curtain that blocked off the most holy place from the rest of the temple. It acted as a barrier between the presence of God and the people. And remember when Jesus died, one of the powerful uh, little pieces of imagery Um, when Jesus died, was that the curtain was torn into from top to bottom. The curtain was torn into God tore the curtain. And there's this powerful imagery of God removing the barrier between the most holy place, the presence of God and people. And so Paul is leaning into this imagery, leaning into this language when he writes, we have confidence to enter the most holy, holy place because Jesus through, through his death on the cross has opened a new and living way for us. He has cleansed us from our guilt. He has purified us, and He is inviting us into this most holy, uh, most holy place, full of the presence of God.
1: Mm-hmm. So He mentions in here three statements of "Let us do this," not not the lettuce you put on your sandwich. The <laughs> "Let us do." Thank you
0: for clarifying. Yeah, that's we needed important. That.
1: Uh, the, the let's do this because of this hope that is in the world. And the first, as Sarah was just describing, was let us draw near to God. Mm-hmm. God has drawn near to us. He has torn uh, that there is no more dividing wall. Uh, there is no more separation between God's presence and us. So he says, to a God that has drawn near to you, choose in your posture in life to draw near to him. And he says, let us hold unswervingly to hope. And I, I love this uh, this idea that we would hold on, cling to God, cling to this hope that is found in Jesus in spite of the challenges we might be facing in life. And finally, my favorite statement in here, let us together spur one another on to love and good deeds. Can you imagine in a time of crisis, in a time of pandemic, if instead of going completely inward and saying, look at how this is affecting me, or instead of allowing fear or bitterness to take over in our lives, if we lived into this kingdom of God in which the principle, even in challenging times, is... Spur each other on to love and good deeds. Live out loving, kind actions towards people, and in so doing, influence others around you to do the same.
0: Paul speaks of this hope in in Romans as well. Romans 5, verse 5, he writes, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not put us to shame, meaning hope does not disappoint us. Hope does not fail us. This hope, this confident expectation in God will not falter. Again, it's that secure anchor because, and I this is my favorite phrase in here, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts. And when I read that, it, I, I, Can't help but get this image again of Rachel when she was younger. She loved pancakes. She still loves pancakes. But I get this image of her. She would grab the tub of syrup and just with two hands, just start to tip it over. And her eyes would get big and sparkly. And she was so excited. She was just pouring out that sugary sweetness. And Mike and I were always there trying to moderate, trying to, you know, get her to slow down. And I get this image when I read this, that God's love is being poured out into our hearts. Because I think God its much more like Rachel in that case, where he is not trying to moderate his love. He is pouring out in abundance his love over us his lavish love, which motivates and sustains this hope that we have, this hope that will not disappoint us. And then Paul also writes that he pours out this love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to us. The Holy Spirit, God's very presence in us. So in this conversation of Jesus having torn down Torn the curtain that separates us from the presence of God. Not only that, not only is, is God inviting us into His presence, but the Holy Spirit now dwells within those of us who believe in Jesus. Again, this beautiful picture. Of God drawing near and inviting us in hope to draw near to Him.
1: Mm-hmm. So as we zoom out and talk a little bit more about this idea of Advent, the season uh, in which we remember that He came and He is coming. It's a season of waiting, and yet we don't wait idly. We live into the hope that exists in this season. The season of Advent uh, reminds us that um, there was hope found when Jesus came into the world when He became human flesh. There was hope when he came and there will be hope in a second coming it reminds us that we have great hope in the future Mm -hmm. but let us not lose sight of the fact that there is hope here and now that we pray with jesus in the words of jesus your kingdom come Mm -hmm. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven here and now there is hope as the kingdom of god is continuing to expand in our world
0: so this advent Let us remember that God has invited us to draw near to him and he has extended his hope and his love to us. And he has invited us to draw near to him and to hold on to this hope that we have in Jesus, to actively choose and to live into this hope. And so it's with this hope that in this season of Advent, we want to pray, come Lord Jesus, because we want more of you, We want more of your kingdom in our life and in our world. In God's love, Jesus breathes life and hope into us through the Holy Spirit. And we're invited to receive this life and love with open hands, with, with an open heart to allow God to just lavish his love on us. And and to live into this kingdom that he has and is and will continue to bring about. We live into this kingdom by practicing hope, by living with confident expectation in God's goodness and God's love, by demonstrating God's goodness and love towards others and how we treat each other and how we speak to each other. And I love that one of the things I love about the kingdom of God is that it's for us, but it's not just for us. It's for everyone. Jesus has invited us in and welcomed us into the kingdom of God so that we can in turn extend that welcome and invite others into the kingdom of God. And so for this season of Advent, our prayer is that we may be people of hope,
1: Yeah, it's traditional in the season of Advent to light a candle. So each week at our church services, we would light a candle, remembering hope and uh, peace and all the things of Advent. And so today we light a candle, remembering that hope has come, hope will come, and hope is coming into the world. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: We invite you to pray with us. Alyssa will be leading our prayer, and each time she says a statement, we'll respond with, Come, Lord Jesus. And we invite you to join us.
1: Jesus, you are the light of the world.
0: Come, Come, Lord Lord Jesus.
1: Jesus. You are the light in our darkness. Come, Come, Lord Lord Jesus. Jesus. Son of God, save us from our sins. Come, Come, Lord Lord Jesus. Bring hope into the lives of all people.
0: Come, Come, Lord Jesus.
1: Give your peace to all nations. Come, Lord Jesus. Be the joy of all who love you. Come, Come, Lord Jesus.
0: Teach you to love us as you love.
1: Come, Lord Jesus.
0: Stay with us always.
1: Come,
0: come the Lord, Lord
1: Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thanks again for joining us today. It's been great to be together as we begin the season of Advent, as we remember hope. And if you'd like to go a little bit further into the subject of hope, uh, we've got a great song for you that you can reflect on, that you can meditate with, or that you can uh, pray through in the week to come. It's a song by Phil Wickham, and it's called Living Hope, and it's the story of Jesus who rose from the dead. He says, Jesus Christ is my living hope here and now. He is my living hope that resurrection declares that Jesus is alive and we have new hope that is found in him. I hope that you find blessings in this song in the week to come.
0: Thank you for joining us.
1: Bye.